0: Welcome to the Truly Twisted Minds Podcast. My name is Amber. And I'm Trish. Thank you to everyone for coming back for another listen, or even especially if you're new listeners, we welcome you to the fold. Um, be sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram feeds, both at the Twisted Minds Pod, all lowercase, all one word. And we'd like to dedicate this. Episode to the memory of Sylvia Likens.
1: And we would also like to throw out a disclaimer. This episode's going to be pretty heavy. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, talk of child abuse and torture uh, descriptions. So I guess, listener, beware if that's a trigger stop listening now and with that we're
0: gonna begin this podcast about gertrude banachevsky also known as the torture mother
1: so gertrude was born uh, gertrude van fossen september 19th 1928 she was the third of six children She was decidedly a daddy's girl. So her dad obviously, you know, doted on her and everything, which her mother did not like at all. And uh, she was basically, I think, threatened by Gert. And that's really sad to be jealous of a child. Absolutely. I mean... To have that sort
0: of jealousy over your own child and their relationship with their other parent. I mean, it just is weird.
1: Yeah, and like she tried separating them, but um, it was no good. And then when dad was away from the house, she would be like really frosty to Gert, Um, basically silenced or there was either silence or else she was um barked orders at good grief yeah and then other times you know just absolute silence and then her mom even turned her siblings against her
0: wow she must have been really threatened by her
1: right it's like good grief
0: or else she had a burning hatred for her for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, so uh, she was isolated by her siblings. And obviously, you know, the mother did the same thing. Um, She went so far to, like, tarnish her reputation in the community. I mean, this is a kid we're talking about here. Exactly. I mean had no friends growing up just her daddy and she was bullied in school her like I said her siblings were encouraged to bully her at home it's like good lord and um, in doing research um, this quote is came from the book Torture Mom by uh, Ryan Green Her mother blamed Gert for all of her father's failings and uh, most other troubles that befell the family. But as Gert was her father's favorite, there was nothing that could be said or done against her without reprisals.
0: Well, thankfully she had that protective person, her father, if that was in her corner. Otherwise... Can you imagine how much worse her life would have been from the beginning?
1: Right. I mean, at least she had her dad, at least up until she was 11, Mm -hmm. when she was sitting at the table with her dad working on her reading, because I guess she wasn't a very good student. And she was working on her reading, and her dad ended up having a massive heart attack right in front of her. Oh,
0: man. That has to be absolutely terrifying.
1: Her mother also blamed her for.
0: Of course. She can control uh, events like that.
1: What kind of magic does she possess? Right. So of course after daddy dies, things in the house go from bad to worse. And uh, the relationship with her mom just completely disintegrates and she's all but ignored
0: well i guess being ignored is better than uh, being continually abused well to an to a degree
1: i yeah i can understand where you're coming from there but at the same
0: time it would suck to be invisible
1: right Right, cousin. and just
0: be cut off completely from any sort of affection or just,
1: love. Yeah, the isolation. Wow. And then, um, at the age of fourteen, she developed, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. as women do.
1: Yes, and the boys became a calling, and she was gaining unflattering, uh, gaining an unflattering reputation around town. And uh, suitors came calling, which were between two and eight years her senior. And she's 14 years old?
0: Good lord. Yeah. But, yeah, guys kind of get slack-jawed if a girl's well-developed and decent-looking.
1: Mm-hmm. And then she gets to be 16 and she dropped out of high school and she
0: married a guy who was 18 years old. His name is John Banachevsky. and he is, he was a police deputy. And from my understanding, their marriage was pretty volatile and she suffered beatings from him, her husband. Several times over the course of their um, marriage because he would become annoyed or whatnot. I know that the beatings would result in head injuries oftentimes and she'd end up dizzy and disoriented for like days afterwards. And
1: Which s- might actually come into play later on. It could. You never know. Yeah. And during
0: this 10-year marriage, before they got divorced, they did end up having four children. Within a year of divorcing John, Gertrude met Edward Guthrie. Um, He was kind of a dick. He was an alcoholic, and (laughs) um, he hated the kids he despised them and felt they were you know treated better than he was and respected more
1: and as it should be i mean i'm sorry but the kids should come first true and he was being supported by
0: gertrude because he was an alcoholic and unemployed um however that was short-lived they were divorced after three months of marriage because he was tired of everything and he got a job and he could support himself he saw his way out bada bing bada boom it was over just as quick as it started he peaced out wow what a douche anyway after that um not too long after that gertrude and john reconciled and they got remarried um, they were together for another seven years and had two more children before getting divorced for good in 1963. Now, they're, I'm sure their relationship wasn't all that different from the first time around, but, you know, you get used to a certain sort of someone in your life, and that's all you know. And Exactly. Being comfortable becomes more important than, like, you know. How yeah. they were treated.
1: And, you know, it should be noted that um Gert would get into these, like whenever she was pregnant, which she was pregnant a lot, because she was fertile. Hi, Nala. Fertile Myrtle. Yeah. Um, she would get into these like spig and span house cleaning fits when she was pregnant because she heard that you know, children need to be raised in like clean homes, but Essentially became she became
0: Susie Spotless because she was of the um opinion, due to some quote unquote research, that unborn children could get diseases from a dirty house.
1: Yeah, but then didn't keep this up once the children were born. So basically They're living in, like, filth, and, like, I know that was one of the gripes of, I think, all of the husbands, wasn't it?
0: Most likely, I mean, she, I mean, it wasn't, like, complete filth, but she wasn't
1: exactly, um... And she wasn't the greatest cook, either. Little Miss Homemaker. (laughs) Like, she didn't even, I guess, try until she got tips from... Other moms. It's like, good lord, woman.
0: Well, I guess if you have the sort of, quote unquote, role model she had growing up, who, like, shunned you and everything, she probably did not learn how to, you know, do that sort of thing at all. Why? Because, obviously, I doubt her father would teach her to cook or whatever. Right. Or whatnot and then she probably was like despising her mom so Mm -hmm. she didn't want to be like her
1: yeah that's craziness
0: so then after they got divorced again Gertrude and John in 1963 she met 23 year old Dennis Lee Wright um he had been married and Gertrude ended up moving in with him into the home he had shared with his wife um, after she moved out. The there day was after. The day after. And it's unclear if there was actually a divorce from this other woman, but you know, whatever. And obviously this was yet another abusive relationship she entered. Um, she had two pregnancies while they were together. One was a miscarriage which was reportedly brought on due to abuse and then they had one successful pregnancy where gertrude had her youngest son dennis jr Mm -hmm. after his birth dennis senior essentially abandoned gertrude and the kids leaving them destitute because he had been paying all the bills right Um, so now she was forced to live on her child support from John and he was less than reliable in making payments and she'd take odd jobs like babysitting and doing laundry for like other families. Um, Gertrude seemed to kind of check out after Dennis left her. She kind of, um, had some sort of arrested development thing going on she would be like laid back and the children basically had free run of the home without consequences that sort of thing no authority figure um and mother of the year yeah right and at this same time gertrude began having uh health issues she was uh chronically ill and we read somewhere with like asthma and chronic bronchitis and she Stopped caring for herself. She had poor hygiene. Um, She barely ate anything. And when she did. Eat or drink it was because her kids. Essentially forced her to do it. She was. Severely like. Skinny. She was gaunt and had a receding hairline. And. Looked a
1: lot older than. What she actually was. And I think. At this point she was about what 37. Yeah yeah
0: and um because of how dennis had left and everyone thinking that her youngest son was a quote-unquote bastard child she claimed that she had married dennis before he left she also called herself mrs Wright, so she kind of gave herself the illusion of respectability in a way
1: did everything she could but we also found out in our research that it's like she couldn't keep up the facade. It's like she would be talking to a neighbor and then like one minute she'd be like, Oh, he died in action. And then like, she'd change the story like halfway through.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't like several minutes that would pass. It would be like, oh, she had one thought, and then, oh, wait, no, it's this way. No, it's Mm -hmm. this way. It was blatantly obvious that she was making up stories. Yeah. Okay, and then not only did she have all the um, weight of being the sole breadwinner and trying to keep everything afloat and whatnot and all her illnesses, Mm -hmm. um, but she Also discovered that her 17-year-old daughter, Paula, was three months pregnant. She had had an affair with an older married man. And uh, this did not please Gertrude at all. She didn't like the fact that her daughter was seemingly making the same poor life decisions as she had made. Right. And mentally, she kind of flipped a switch. Kind of took her... She kind of went from like the laid back parent to the more aggressive vicious type and if she was upset by anything she would um lash out at her children, call names, yell, scream.
1: And also um didn't she get to a point where like, if the kids even tried to clean the house, she would like shoo them away.
0: Mm hmm. She would freak out until they stopped.
1: And so they were basically living in squalor. Yeah. Disgusting
0: home. Dirty, greasy, grimy. Go for guts.
1: <laughs> I need to go take a shower now. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that is the conditions they were living in.
1: So then we come to July of sixty-five, and this is where we meet, um, basically the Lycans girls. So um, Sylvia and her sister Jenny lichens had come to Indianapolis with their mom now um, their mom had basically I guess kidnapped them to get them out of a bad uh, living situation uh, because I believe the dad Lester was being uh, abusive to the mom so she was trying to get them out of that situation so she used all of their money to get them to Indianapolis And when they got there, they didn't have any money for food. So, uh, Sylvia and Jenny's mom ended up getting arrested for shoplifting. She was trying to give them food. And the girls are just kind of wandering aimlessly around Indianapolis where they run into Darlene McGuire. Now, Darlene was friends with um, the oldest Banishevsky girl, um, Paula. Paula. Yep. So um, Darlene ends up taking the Lycan's girls over to Paula's house and they hit it off. They go up to Paula's room and they're like listening to records and drinking uh, pop and everything. Yes, we're from the Midwest. We call it pop. Of course.
0: (laughs) And once uh, Paula heard the story of how... Sylvia and Jenny had arrived and come to meet Darlene. Paula asked um Gertrude if the girls could spend the night. Um Gertrude met the girls and she assured them they could stay the night and that things would work out and they'd, you know, find a way to get them back to their mother or whatever. Now, after this, the next day um their father lester arrived in indianapolis he had tracked down his wife betty who obviously was in jail um he was out looking for the girls and he bumped into darlene and um when he described sylvia and jenny she recognized them by the description and she directed him to the banachevsky home to find the girls Once he got there, um, Gertrude introduced herself as Mrs. Wright and she and Lester like started up a conversation. Over the course of this conversation, somebody, we don't know who, brought up the idea of Sylvia and Jenny staying with Gertrude as boarders. And um, What's two more kids? Right. She's already got seven. Why not two more? But yeah. I guess at least she's getting paid for these, right? Mm-hmm. So he spoke with his wife and they they reconciled. And they both decided that the girls would be left with the Banachevskis and they would pay room and board of $20 a week while Lester and Betty left to work the carnival circuit because they were uh, carnies. And
1: That's pretty cheap, but then again it was 1965 i was gonna say yes this is 1965
0: (laughs) and 20 that's 80 bucks a month and that's pretty good back then i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know but uh the thing that luster did not do he did not check out the home or the environment that his girls were going to be living in
1: that's what floors me okay you have your children that you claim that you love but yet, you don't check out the uh, living arrangements of like where they're gonna be staying. make sure that you know it's decent, clean. They have a bed to sleep in. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought that
0: that would be one of the things he'd want to check out., um, but he had no idea. That how grimy the home was or how little food was available. She didn't really keep much in the cupboard. Reportedly, it was just like crackers and bread and things like that. And there were not enough beds to go around, even for her children. And even the silverware, three
1: sets of silverware.
0: Apparently, there were only enough three enough plates and utensils for three people.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow.
0: And he met this woman, spent a little bit of time with her and decided, Oh, Hey, it would be a great place to leave my kids. I barely know this woman. Um, I know nothing about her situation. I know how, have no idea how well she'd treat my kids, but Hey, they've got a roof over their head.
1: Yeah. And then I read uh, somewhere while doing research that um the reason that he when he was um on the stand later they asked him why didn't he you know check out the um situation further i didn't want to pry uh it's kind of important for you to pry when it involves your kids
0: right common sense here i mean i'm not even a parent and i know that same Come here <laughs> it's not
1: rocket science and i mean we don't mean to shame him or anything but geez <laughs> i don't know
0: it's just it's unfortunate because all this whole
1: thing could have been prevented mm-hmm. like i honestly don't think he probably would have left her there had he gotten all the facts exactly Anyway, so
0: they come to that agreement and the girls begin their stay.
1: Mm -hmm. And the first week starts off, you know, pretty good. The girls go to the um, high school with um, Paula and her younger sister, Stephanie. And things are going pretty well. They get introduced around and...
0: Make some friends. Just
1: chilling out.
0: Bebop all over the place.
1: Exactly. So the end of the first week comes. And. The check does not come.
0: It is late.
1: And this is not a good thing. So Gertrude has the girls. Um, lay down on a bed. And basically beats their butts with a um, stirring stick. And I'm assuming that's like a wooden spoon. Probably. Or something.
0: It's probably essentially the same thing.
1: Yeah. Which I have been paddled with Then they're not fun. <laughs> and she's basically beating them because the payment's late. It's like, like they can help it.
0: She she was essentially reported as saying something to the extent of, I took care of you two bitches and got nothing to show for it and blah 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 and what have you and just went off the deep end.
1: Yeah, and then while these girls are getting beat, the other kids are standing in the doorway watching. It's like, (sighs) Uh, ew.
0: Like some sort of freak show or something.
1: Right? And then, um... Didn't the payment come, like, the next day? It did come the next day. And get this. Gert was, like, so, like, into beating the girls that she, like, went into a frenzy. And not only did she break a mirror, but she caught Paula on the knuckle when Paula tried to, like, stop her from, like... You know,
0: beating the crap out of them.
1: Yeah. And it was like she took delight in beating these girls.
0: Mm-hmm. And once that floodgate had opened, any perceived infraction brought more abuse to them. Um, the next week, their perceived infraction was. The girls had cashed in pop bottles for money for the refund so they could buy candy. Mm -hmm. When they got back to the house, Gertrude saw the candy and, oh, lo and behold, the girls had to have stolen it. When Sylvia tried to explain how they came to have the money, she essentially called her a liar. And she was made to take another punishment, this time with a paddle. She was beaten on the bare bottom with a paddle. And then, you know, life goes on and other things happen. Shortly after that, they had a church social. Gertrude took all the kids and her kids came to her and told her they were disgusted by the amount of food that Sylvia had eaten at the social.
1: Quote unquote.
0: Now, mind you, um, they're living in a home where they don't have all that much food. Gertrude's not a cook. So... They're essentially eating, like, toast and other easy-to-make stuff. They don't even have, like, a real stove or microwave in the home.
1: There was a hot plate.
0: That was it. Did I say microwave? I don't mean microwave.
1: (laughs) Hot plate. Yeah. Yeah, That's what they had. They had a hot plate. That was it.
0: So, Gertrude got angry with Sylvia. And she basically was like, how could you do something like that to ruin your body and blah, 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 blah. So they get home and Gertrude digs out this nasty food from the cupboard. A hot dog with a like crusty bun. And she douses it in ketchup and mustard until it overflows. And then she forces Sylvia to eat this hot dog. And when I say forced, I mean forced. She literally shoved the hot dog into the girl's mouth. Because she had like gotten a taste of something and it was like, Choking a little bit, so she starts shoving mustard. this, yeah. The mustard, that's right. And she starts, um, shoving this food into her mouth, making her bite down and bite down. And by the end, poor Sylvia ends up throwing up because you know,
1: gag reflex, gag reflex,
0: and all of that. And then after she throws up, Gertrude physically forces her down onto the floor to eat the vomit.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't even. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine being forced to do that. And mind you, um, by this point, Sylvia and Jenny's parents had been back twice to mm-hmm. check on the girls. Yeah, both and times they didn't mention anything because they were. Afraid of Gertrude. Mm -hmm. And she threatened them and forced them not to tell the truth.
1: Now, that's what I don't understand. It's like, you know, I understand, you know, the whole not wanting to face retribution. But it's like, why don't they tell their parents so they can get them out of that situation?
0: Well, why doesn't an abused person leave a good point relationship they're scared they don't know that they're going to be able to get out what if they're you know ignored what if they're sent back right and that can be absolutely terrifying so it goes on to become worse from there unfortunately for poor sylvia but For the moment, we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back with you for more of the Truly Twisted Minds podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Truly Twisted Minds podcast. Thank you for sticking with us. And with that being said,
1: on with the show. Yay. So, where we had left off, um, poor Sylvia was forced to eat her vomit that she had. Yeah. Ew. Um, and then there was kind of a, I guess, not honeymoon period, but like a kind of calming down period. Calm before another storm. Basically, yeah. So there wasn't really anything going on until Gert overheard Sylvia say that she um, let an old boyfriend feel her up over her sweater. So Gert comes over and slaps her in the face because of this supposed you know atrocity
0: heaven forbid you be a teenager
1: right she was then called a whore and a prostitute gert screamed at her about her being pregnant called her a whore again and she should be hated she um was then held down by two of uh the neighborhood boys as Gert continually kicked her in the crotch screaming that she was pregnant.
0: That's a great way to react if someone were pregnant but she wasn't. You can not get pregnant from touching folks, in case you didn't know that factoid.
1: Uh, yeah, no. And she continually kicked her in the crotch until she Uh, basically wore herself out. Sylvia had painfully gotten up to move to a chair, but Gert kicked it out from under her, toppling poor Sylvia to the floor, stating whores are unfit for chairs.
0: Oh, boy. And then, from that point onward, poor Sylvia was not even permitted to sit in a chair without anybody's permission. Um... It was also around this time frame that Gertrude allowed the older children to use Sylvia like a plaything. She was their own live toy. And they would play quote-unquote games with her, which included pushing her down the stairs and beating her up. And just all sorts of physical abuse on the poor thing.
1: I cannot even imagine. Like just doing the research on this case was so heartbreaking like that poor
0: girl mentally draining and shocking honestly
1: (sighs) yeah very much so and
0: nobody really can pinpoint what caused gertrude to be so hateful towards sylvia i mean there are theories about jealousy of, you know, the fact that she was past the point where Sylvia was where she could grow up and be happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Or
0: there are theories that Gertrude had a mental break and then she, she just went couldn't into this handle it. Yeah, she went into this extreme form of domestic abuse that she channeled uh against Sylvia. And whatever the case for that, her um she is not justified, no matter what justifications she wants to call a uh, column. Call uh she um basically would go into these rages and start yelling and screaming. It's sort of like this sermon type thing. Um, she would just basically continue to rail against Sylvia, calling her a prostitute. And discuss in detail how filthy prostitutes are and why they should despise her.
1: Yeah, that was like her favorite pastime. Mm -hmm.
0: And after this attack and being kicked in the crotch, um, Sylvia's sister Jenny said that she and Sylvia decided to get some retribution to get some revenge for the treatment that Sylvia had endured so they spread a rumor that Paula and Stephanie, um, Gertrude's daughters, were seen having sex for with boys for money. Quote, unquote. Yeah. So Stephanie's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, she he discovers that Sylvia and Jenny were the ones that spread the rumor. So he decides it's a great idea to go to Gertrude's house and beat her up. Which gertrude encouraged of course so once he had done that she encouraged him to visit all the time so he could practice his judo on her judo yeah like seriously and he was more than happy to take her up on this offer he obviously got sick pleasure out of torturing this poor girl not only did she encourage Koi, though she also sought out other teenage girls to turn them against Sylvia. Um, Sylvia had a best friend named Anna Sisko, and Gertrude f- like found her and told her that Sylvia had called her mother a whore. She basically took Anna to see Sylvia after that and perpetrated an attack on Sylvia by Anna. She basically goaded her and allowed her to beat her up. And then there was another girl who was a friend of the family, Judy Duke. She was told by Gertrude that Sylvia had been spreading rumors about her mother. Gertrude pitted the girls against one another in a fist fight. Um... And while this was going on, they're beating this poor girl. Gertrude is insisting that Jenny, Sylvia's own sister, punch her. Jenny didn't want to partake in this, but when she refused, Gertrude basically beat her upside the head until she agreed to do it. Ow. She was not allowed to say no.
1: But she ended up like, hitting her with, like, her less dominant hand, so I believe it wouldn't hurt as much.
0: Right. So, this beating and start of torture continued to escalate, um, to a point where, um, eventually Sylvia asked for a tracksuit from school. Now, she was still attending school at this time, and people would see her and she had increasing amounts of like bruises and stuff, but
1: yeah. And that's one question. It's like, why was this not reported like at all by the school officials?
0: Right. And I mean, I guess it was a different time. I I don't know. I, I can't really speak to that. I wasn't around then.
1: <laughs> Same here.
0: um, so she asked for this tracksuit because she needed it for gym class or whatever and Gertrude basically said they couldn't afford to pay for one for her. That she'd have to go without. Um. So Sylvia ended up taking one
1: from the school. while Claiming she found it.
0: When she got home, Gertrude saw the tracksuit and she basically questioned her, grilled her until she admitted she had stolen it. Mm-hmm. And then for some unknown reason Gertrude started yelling about Sylvia being a prostitute again. She threw I'm her onto the
1: theme here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she threw her onto the floor and she kicked her in the crotch just like the last time. And then after she had gotten her fill on that, she did a complete flip to the Subject of the theft and decided to teach Sylvia a lesson about having sticky fingers, quote unquote. It was at this time she decided to burn the tips of each of Sylvia's fingers with a lit cigarette. Ow. Yeah. And once this happened, the smokers in the house decided to treat Sylvia like an ashtray. They would put their cigarettes out on her when they were done with them to quote unquote remind her not to steal.
1: That's just wow. Insane. Yeah and I'm actually speechless. I don't know what to say to that.
0: Yeah and what what's crazy is not only did Gertrude allow this and perpetrate this, but all of these children thought it was okay and went right along with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just another day.
1: Yeah, and I I think even um, in some cases, like, if a kid was, like, unsure about it, they were pretty much, like, bullied into it.
0: Right, right. So... It's Whether like, they wanted oh, well, to or not, you're going to participate.
1: Exactly. Oh, well, you're not cool if you, you know, don't do this. It's like, good grief. So the next
0: incident occurred after Sylvia had gone out again <clears throat> and she found some more bottles to sell uh, to um trade in for some money. And Gertrude again accused her of being a prostitute. Because that's how she had to have gotten the money. It couldn't have been for something as innocent as trading in bottles.
1: Too bad she couldn't have gotten a receipt or something.
0: (sighs) Right. Her punishment this time around, though, was another escalation. She was forced to strip down in front of Gertrude's boys and the neighborhood boys and masturbate in front of them with a glass coke bottle wow and how did she get sylvia to do this you might ask she basically coerced her into submitting to this by threatening to beat her sister jenny if she didn't do what she was told now sylvia was protective of jenny because she um had polio and she Needed braces to walk and everything. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to protect her at all costs. So she reluctantly complied with Gertrude's demands.
1: Right.
0: Now, while she was performing this nasty thing, the bottle broke and it yeah. broke inside of her. Oh. They ended up having to like reach up and pull pieces of shattered glass out and. There was reportedly like blood leaking out from obviously from cuts and stuff, which mm-hmm. is perfectly reasonable when you have a bottle break inside of you.
1: It's like, uh, yeah, things are torn. Mm-hmm. Duh. Poor thing.
0: I even just saying, repeating this stuff. And knowing that it happened to somebody is just mind boggling.
1: It's like, how can you how can one person do this to another person, first of all? That's exactly. that's like the biggest question here. How and why? She
0: obviously was not mentally stable. And it's kinda like you said in the first part, maybe some of the abuse she took and the probably concussions she received while married and whatnot probably played a part in My her
1: frontal lobe issues or something like that. Yeah. She was losing her,
0: losing her empathy and whatnot. Yeah. Being narcissistic or what have you.
1: Oh, good lord. So, after the Coke bottle incident, um, she, of course, became incontinent, uh, which means she cannot hold her bladder. And was forced to sleep down in the basement, as she was not fit to live with humans, as Gert claimed. And since there was no bathroom down there she was forced to relieve herself down there. And uh, once a week, um, Gert and one of the boys went down and uh, she was forced to clean the basement by eating her own excrement.
0: Quote, unquote, clean.
1: Yeah. Yeah and um she had to urinate into a coffee can that later she had to drink out of how
0: absolutely gross disgusting <sighs> and traumatizing that all had to be i mean i don't know how she like put up with it for so long how she sustained in that
1: I mean, I guess the fact that she was relatively healthy in the beginning. That, but with the malnourishment, because she wasn't eating.
0: Right. Yeah. Normal food. Yeah. And like maybe the fact that she was protecting her sister played a part in it too.
1: Yeah. She was stronger like mentally.
0: Right, so she spent a lot of time down in the basement and didn't she ended up not going to school anymore. Nobody ever saw her because she was locked up downstairs and kept naked and afraid, essentially.
1: Yeah, and Gert's um, whole excuse for her absence was um, she was sent to juvenile hall. because Because she was a prostitute right because she couldn't handle her she wasn't paying not paying attention she wasn't like minding yeah she
0: was too much to handle it's like yeah it's totally the girl's fault yep totally which so yeah we get into um late october october 21st Um, some of the kids were instructed to bring sylvia upstairs by gertrude she was tied to a bed that night and told by gertrude if she could last the night without having an accident she could sleep upstairs again well how are you gonna not have an accident in the bed when you're tied down You just have to sit there and hold it, especially when she had probably had an injury of some sort.
1: Yeah, she was incontinent. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Unfortunately, she was not able to make it through the night. So instead of finding herself having a bed to sleep in again, she was forced to get dressed and go to the living room. And once again, forced to strip for all the boys of the neighborhood and masturbate with the coke bottle thankfully it was not reported that it broke this time so there was that relief at least and after she was done this time around she was allowed to get dressed again
1: yeah and also it should be noted that um the baniszewski kids started making money Off of Sylvia. They would charge kids a nickel to come over and look at her and put out cigarettes on her. Also to and also like pushing her down the stairs. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So I know there was absolutely humiliating stuff done even after the Coke bottle incident.
1: hmm
0: Which leads you to tell us,
1: Trish? <sighs> this is probably... The worst. Um, so basically um I'm (laughs) tongue tied again. So Sylvia's like um, so you're gonna brand my daughters as being prostitutes. You mean Gertrude. Uh, yeah. What did I say? You said Sylvia. Oh my god. (laughs) Edit um so gertrude said um you know you're gonna brand my daughters then i'm gonna brand you and uh, this was after the second coke bottle incident did we talk about that yes we did okay Duh.
0: i just led into it with that
1: the long day sorry <laughs> edit um So, after the second Coke bottle incident failed to elicit the correct response from Gert, she wanted, you know, Sylvia to basically break. And she didn't. She had ordered her to undress again. And the sleeves of her dress were used as a gag. And Gert told her, you know, you branded my daughters, so now I'm going to brand you. So, Gert's kids um, heated a sewing needle and Gert drew I'm before she got tired and then told Ricky Hobbs, 14, who she was having an affair with, to finish it. She told him to write, I'm a prostitute and proud of it. He asked how to spell prostitute. 14 years old and you don't know how to spell that? Wow.
0: 14 years old and uh, supposedly an honor student and he didn't know how to spell prostitute.
1: Wow. So she wrote it out for him on a piece of paper. He handed he then handed the needle to 10 year old Shirley Baniszewski, who was supposed to write an S for either slave or Sylvia. It wasn't
0: I believe that it ended up was supposed to be for slave.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, they kind of messed it up, yeah, but it um ended up being a number three,
0: yeah, cause he drew the bottom part of the s and then he choked or something. and then he handed it to the younger girl, and she wrote the rest of the s backwards, so it became a
1: three. Leda. Yeah, and then Gert's saying all these degrading things to her. Like, oh, no one's going to want you now. What are you going to do when you get married? Blah, blah, blah. And then Sylvia's like, it's on there. There's nothing I can do.
0: Yeah, so after being branded and humiliated, Koi Hubbard took Sylvia back to the basement. And he proceeded to use her for more judo practice before going home for the night. So later that night, um, her sister Jenny snuck into the basement. And basically at that point, Sylvia told her she could tell she was going to die.
1: That is so sad.
0: When you know it's coming Mm -hmm. and you just have to sit there and wait for it. That just has to be torture.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, for an unknown reason, after Jenny's visit, Gertrude went down to the basement and brought Sylvia upstairs and put her in a bed to sleep. Now She allowed her to sleep in until noon that day. After she woke up, Sylvia was given a warm, soapy bath by Gertrude and her daughter Stephanie. Once she was dried off and dressed, Gertrude then forced Sylvia to write a letter to her parents, supposedly, Intended to make it look like she had run away. So basically the contents were. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Likens. Now why she had them addressed as Mr. and Mrs. from their daughter. I don't know. But okay. I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night. And they said they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car and they all got what they wanted. And when they finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. And they also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything that I could do just to make Gertie mad because Gertie. Because mo- Gertie more money than she's got? I don't. It doesn't make sense, but this is what's read, what I'm reading. I've tore up a new mattress and peed on it. I have also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck and all of her kids. But she didn't have her sign it. She basically had her address it like (laughs) she was like all formal in the beginning and then she's like, don't sign it.
1: Yeah, and her reason for her not signing it is... Your kin, they'll know that you wrote it by your handwriting.
0: (laughs) All right. It's like... "Mm." So after Sylvia finishes this letter, Gertrude starts formulating a plan where her son, John Jr., and Jenny, Sylvia's own sister, would take Sylvia and discard her like trash to die in the garbage dump. Sylvia overhears this and tries to get out of there. She tries to run. But her body was so damaged from the abuse and not eating and whatnot. And Gertrude caught up to her and dragged her back into the house. She had made it barely to the door. And she, like, dragged her back into the home. Mm-hmm. So then Gertrude, I don't know what the thought process here was, but Gertrude decides to make her toast and have her eat it. Sylvia tells Gertrude she can't swallow and in response, Gertrude took down a nasty curtain rod and beat her in the mouth with it. Now, I'm not going to go into real big detail here, but you can imagine how that being smashed against her mouth and her teeth affected her. Ow. John Jr. then took Sylvia back to the basement and... Gertrude prepared a plate with crackers to offer them to Sylvia so she could eat. Now, Sylvia responded by saying, feed it to the dog. It's hungrier than I am. So Gertrude got pissed off and began repeatedly punching Sylvia in the stomach before leaving her lay there for the night.
1: So, October 24th, 1965, Gert had brought down a chair and had attempted to hit uh, Sylvia with it, but missed. Then she grabbed a paddle and swung so wildly, she hit herself in the face, giving herself a black eye.
0: How do you miss a whole human?
1: I don't know. Twice. I don't know. It's like she was so like blind with rage she couldn't actually see. And then Koi stepped in and ended up beating Sylvia unconscious with a stick. And then October 25th, um, Sylvia woke up in the middle of the night and had actually used an old spade handle to beat the wall. And uh, several neighbors actually heard this noise, but they didn't report it.
0: It was said that they considered it, but they didn't report it. Yeah. Because, you know, they're used to weird noises coming from their home. So why would they think anything was out of sorts now? Hmm. Dumbasses. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, so that takes us up to October 26th. Um so Gertrude that morning decides that she wants to give Sylvia a warm bath. Stephanie and Ricky were sent to bring Sylvia upstairs and they took her to the claw footed tub and put her in the water and they didn't even undress her before they put her in the water, which I found uh, as a weird fact.
1: Right. They just plunked her in. And it was I guess she had gone underneath. Mm -hmm. and when there were no bubbles they realized she wasn't breathing and they took her back out so
0: stephanie tried to give sylvia cpr but she was long gone by then Mm -hmm. she was not with this world anymore yeah so gertrude instructs the kids to take sylvia to the basement and strip her down and she instructed Ricky Hobbs to go to a payphone and call the police. Now, from what I understand, there's a conflicting report that at the same time she went and found a phone
1: and called as well. Yeah. In um, the book that I read, which supposedly uh, came from the court transcripts, it was Gertrude that made the call. But
0: even from, if you look at the film that was made, An American Crime, the one with uh, Elliot Page, Mm -hmm. who played uh, Sylvia. Yes. Um, If you look at that, even in that, you see Ricky go and make a phone call from a payphone to the police. So so I don't know why she would send him off and then go try to call herself or if that's, I don't know it's a weird kind of thing yeah we're not
1: exactly sure how that went down but yeah
0: anyway so the police arrive and gertrude gives them the note she made sylvia write and so she's talking to them and trying to make like you know she's a prostitute and she caused so much trouble and she ran away blah 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 right you know selling her uh bullcrap to them trying to anyway mm-hmm. so within this commotion though jenny likens approaches a police officer and she says get me out of here and i'll tell you everything good girl so between it's... the testimony she gives and the discovery of sylvia's body in the basement mm-hmm. the police arrested gertrude paula stephanie and john jr as well as ricky hobbs and coy hubbard for murder now there are other neighborhood children involved in the torture and stuff um they were the names listed that i found were mike monroe randy lepper anna cisco and judy duke and they were arrested for injury to a person
1: yeah and um were weren't those um And they were convicted, correct? No.
0: I haven't gotten to the convictions yet, damn it. Edit. Edit. (laughs) Go into the trial.
1: Okay. So, basically, the trial was sensationalized. And all over the newspapers and everything. Uh, That was May of 1966. Yes. And uh, the murder charges against Gert, Paula, Stephanie, John Jr., who was thirteen, Coy was sixteen, uh, Ricky Hobbs was fourteen, and Gert kept downplaying her culpability.
0: And I know that the prosecution in the beginning sought the death
1: penalty, which, which would have been too good for her, in my opinion. Mm, maybe.
0: So, um, also of note, during this trial, Paula had her baby. whom she named Gertrude after her mommy dearest. (laughs) Goodie. I don't know if it was in solidarity or adulation. Whatever. The kids named Gertrude. Poor thing. So, yeah, they go through the trial, and um, at the beginning of this whole thing, Stephanie was granted a separate trial, but her charges were dropped before her trial could even begin. Yeah, so, and then she
1: kind of disappeared. Yeah, she
0: that. um changed her name and became a teacher and kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm um Gertrude was originally convicted of convicted and sentenced to life without parole she appealed this conviction because so of the uh quote-unquote unfairness of it all and that she couldn't get a fair trial in Indianapolis and yada 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 so they granted her one and she was sentenced again but this time it was 18 years to life um She's she did the 18 years where she was a model citizen, quote unquote, and she became like the prison mom. Yep. And she was released on parole in 1985. But she would not be free for too long because she ended up dying of lung cancer in 1990. Couldn't happen to a nicer lady.
1: Right. And weirdly enough, she lived in our home state of Iowa. Yeah, she had moved
0: to be with Paula, who I'll get to now. Yes. Um, She was originally convicted of second-degree murder. She filed an appeal and was granted a new trial. Before that trial could begin, she uh, struck a plea bargain and pled to voluntary manslaughter. She served three years in prison before she was paroled. She moved to Iowa and... Is living under an assumed name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why um, Gertrude ended up moving here... ...reportedly was to be with her daughter. Yeah. So, then we get to John Jr. He was convicted of voluntary manslaughter. And he was sentenced to 18 months... ...in a juvenile detention facility. Once he was released... ...he changed his name to John Blake... He became a truck driver before becoming a real estate agent and a lay minister. He became quite religious. He took complete responsibility for his actions. He said he was reported to have said his punishment should have been harsher. And he passed away in 2005 from diabetes complications now Coy Hubbard, he was uh, convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 18 months in the juvenile detention facility. Mm-hmm. Now Coy, he was not remorseful in the least. He had no empathy. He was sadistic and whatnot. He became a career criminal. And he ended up being accused of a double murder after a home avi- home invasion. Wow. And he hadn't been able to keep jobs or get jobs even due to his association with a Likens case. I don't really know what came of the double murder um, case. But as you can tell, he did not have a great life
1: afterwards because no. of his the type of person he is the dude seriously needed help <laughs> yeah
0: Now well, ricky hobbs he was convi- convicted of voluntary manslaughter and he was also sentenced to 18 months in a juvenile detention facility ricky he kind of understood the gravity of everything that had happened once he'd had separation from it and he was very upset by what had happened. And he ended up having a nervous breakdown due to his guilt.
1: Oh, poor guy.
0: Um, so I can't after... believe I'm
1: actually saying that, but yeah. yeah. He actually ended up becoming
0: like a chain smoker and everything. And his lungs gave out and he died of lung cancer at 21.
1: That is really freaking young. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, um, in a way, that was like a form of karma. Maybe. I don't know. And then all of the other
0: minors that I named earlier in the case, all of their charges were dropped. Gotcha. So, that's what happened with all the young ones like that I previously mentioned, such as Mike Monroe, Randy Lepper, Anna Cisco, and Judy Duke. Yeah. Um, I think the worst part about this whole thing is knowing that this girl could have been saved if someone had just spoken up.
1: Yep. There were at least six people outside outside of the Likens family. That knew. Or excuse me,
0: not the Likens family, the <laughs> Banaszewski family and their friends.
1: Yes. Durr. That knew what was going on
0: they would see things and they would just wouldn't report it like take for example um they met everybody in july of 65 and, well in august they got new neighbors um phyllis and raymond Vermillion. now they had originally considered even having gertrude watch their two children because she saw how many children were there and figured she could take care of them So she and her husband organize this um, backyard barbecue and invites everyone over so they can get to know each other. Mm -hmm. She sees Sylvia walking around with a black eye and Paula notices her noticing and brags about the fact that she's the one that gave it to her.
1: Yeah. And then she takes a glass of steaming hot water and goes and throws it in her face. To the horrified reaction of this neighbor.
0: Now, mind you, this horrified neighbor did not report this to the authorities. No. Why you wouldn't report something like this is beyond me, but you should. So, this isn't the only instance that Phyllis herself witnessed.
1: Mm-mm.
0: So. I think it was said uh, a couple weeks later she went to the Banachevsky home to borrow something. I don't know if it was like, I'm going to borrow some sugar or whatever it is. Yeah. So she went over there and she observed Sylvia walking around. She was kind of dazed and she had um, swollen lips and a black eye that was swollen shut. Oh. And Paula again brags about hurting Sylvia and she beats her in front of this woman with a belt.
1: Yeah, again. Oh, yeah, nothing to see here. Yeah,
0: let's not let's not alert the authorities cuz, you know, nothing happened.
1: It's not my business.
0: <sighs> and just knowing those two things that's disgusting to me, but just wait till we get to this next part.
1: Yeah, so Jenny had actually written a letter to their older sister Diana and Jenny had written in detail what was going on with her and Sylvia.
0: In detail.
1: In detail. And um, she was then told, uh, Jenny was then told that she was exaggerating by her sister. and Yeah, then, she
0: made it up because she didn't want to be punished.
1: Supposedly. Like, they thought... um, She thought that it was, like, some sort of corporal punishment or something.
0: Like, she thought that they were... It was a ploy for them to move in with their older sister. And she basically ignored it.
1: Yeah. And then... Still thinking about this letter... Diana goes... um, I'm not sure how long after the letter came. I think it was a few weeks. She goes to the Banishevsky house to see the girls but uh gert sent her away saying that lester had forbade her from seeing the girls and then diana then calls dhs and who come out and do one visit Mm-hmm. they don't even look around It's like, I don't know if there was like one clean room in the house that she showed her or what. And then the matter was closed after that.
0: Basically, Gertrude convinced her that she had kicked Sylvia out because she was a handful. And then she somehow got time alone with Jenny and told her that you'll end up naked in the basement like your sister if you don't back me up, essentially. So she ended up telling the social worker that same story.
1: Yeah, and social services should have taken all of those kids out of that house. If it was as dirty and grimy and gross as all of our research has stated.
0: You would think but i don't know
1: Uh, like i said it's hard to say different times well social services to this day like still kind of baffles me but yeah that's another topic
0: (laughs) (laughs) right and as if that wasn't enough so you've got the two neighbors you've got the older sister you've got social services now mind you the reverend stopped by their home on two different occasions. Two. two! Two. He was convinced by Gertrude that Sylvia was severely troubled and she had been whoring herself around with married men and was pregnant. Now, mind you... Again, with the pregnancy. And the whore thing. Yeah. Now, mind you, it was her daughter that was pregnant, but, oh, he, she was, like, chaste and pure and... It was Sylvia that pushed that reputation onto her daughter and maligned her character. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, my God. So, obviously, the Reverend, not seeing a reason not to believe her, you know, he's, like, prayed with her, and then he left. hmm Well, he came around for another visit uh, a couple weeks later or something like that. Yeah. And at that time, Paula was there too, and she had reportedly made a statement to him that she had hate in her heart for Sylvia. But Gertrude twisted around and said that was not the truth. It was the complete opposite. They, you know, she really loved her and blah, 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 blah. Apparently, this whole thing of them not having their story straight was not strange enough for the Reverend because nothing came of it there was no further questioning there was no investigating it was just done all of these people could how? have helped that
1: girl how i i just i'm still like stuck on the whole how could they not know exactly. especially when you know Going back to the whole where she's going to school with these bruises and yeah everything. And again, I'd say, you know, why not tell someone? But
0: again, it, it was a different time. I mean, yeah. it's not your kid, not your business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just a sad reality of the time. And of how the scenario played out for this poor girl. And it's just heartbreaking. Especially since you know she could have been saved. If even one person had taken the time to say, hey, something's wrong here. Right. And to put some thought and real investigation into it.
1: Exactly.
0: So unfortunately perfor for, for poor Sylvia Lycan, this is this uh was how her story ended
1: yeah
0: um now as far as her sister goes she got taken in by the da the da of the case right
1: of the first case yes yeah and, and I don't know what it is with us doing stories on kids being taken in by the DA, but <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Well, we're gonna have to switch it up for next or next time. Yeah, maybe we we'll, we should do a, a a male this time around instead of a female.
1: We could do that. Yeah, who would? And be that's a, gonna be a surprise because I don't think we even know who we're doing next time.
0: Yeah, we have not gotten so far as to pick out our next. Uh, topic of interest but we will post that information on our twitter and instagram pages when we come to that decision so you have that to look forward to next time around so this is trish and i'm amber and thank you so much for listening and please 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 Give us a review, whether you do it on Twitter or whatever podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate us. It helps us out immensely.
1: Feedback.
0: We definitely need your feedback. We need your support in any way you can give it, whether that's just word of mouth or giving us these reviews, rating the episode.
1: Tweet, 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 tweet. Tweet.
0: <laughs> Post on Instagram. Hit Facebook up. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Let everybody know that we're out there. Yep. Have a good week. And we will catch you again with our next episode in two weeks, which will be April 11th. Woohoo. Until then. Live long and prosper. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, folks.